to another hometown daily season two episode 269 for september 26 2023 tonight we're gonna be discussing well i gotta get something out of my way anchors usb-c power bank to get you through the day hocus pocus theory first to fusion plant wind turbines in your neighborhood ford stalls charging up a battery factory I said it. Uh, food truck owners create point of sale and analytics package. We need more competition. Amazon is a monopoly. Video games are going to get rougher. Gas prices rise to seven bucks in California. And streaming towards a new, or I messed that one up. Steaming towards a new Valve VR headset. Next. Hello, hello, everybody out there in Ohm Town and outer environs. Welcome. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much today. Um, I almost saw a brawl breakout in a public space today. That was interesting. Not in Ohm Town. Everybody loves everybody in hometown. It's all peace, hugs and bubbles and everything smells like pumpkin spice at the moment. It's going to be kind of funny because there's, I, I might have something in here that talks about pumpkin spice. I'm sure I could just jam it all in there talking about pumpkin spice, kind of like right now talking about pumpkin spice. Have I mentioned pumpkin spice? It's Halloween season. No. We're moving into more embracing it the color scheme is halloweeny i am halloween all right let's just get into the show by the way i'm marwat that's hometown.com and up there is the ai that's gonna say hi and i shouldn't have transitioned before i did all of this so go ahead say hi hello good evening hometown citizens my bad. Sorry about that. We have a process and I skipped right over the process. I've done that twice now because I'm excited to be into the show and get going. I'm even peaking the meter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hey, so this article is over at nine to five Mac and it's uh, anchors new 10,000 milliamp hour battery pack is our power bank. It's perfect for iPhone 15 with integrated USB-C cable. That is the only reason really why I upgraded to an iPhone 15 is because it's transitioning to a standard USB-C. You do love your USB-C. I do love my USB-C. And this is to a dock case um, storage device that has 10 gig data transfer. Pretty cool. Anyway, um, USB-C to the rescue and 10,000 milliamp hour uh, power bank will actually save your butt. I won't know. Let's just go over to the source. It's over at 9to5toys.com. Um, and Ricka Altland is the author. And right there is the power bank. It tells you how much power is available. And it has a, a hefty little USB-C cable. And now you can just plug it straight. Go ahead. 
I think that's the best feature, that it actually tells you how much power is there. That's pretty neat, huh? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I don't have one yet, uh, but I'm reviewing uh, updated technologies all the time, looking for something to update my go bag. You, you never know when something might happen, and you have to just grab a bag, and it has everything you need so that you don't need to sit around and wait Oh, should I grab this for charging the watch and this for the phone and this for your headset and this for that and connect this to that over there? When everything is USB-C, it's just bing, bang, boom. You're up and running. Grab little Anchor GAN chargers. They're a little more expensive, but they get the job done. Um, and they're reliable. Telling you, USB-C, I don't think it's going anywhere for probably... 10 years or more something in physics would have to change for somebody to say you know what we need to change our standard and USB-C is really where it's at for interconnectivity you can daisy chain them just like USB but higher bandwidth more power capabilities pretty darn amazing so back at that article they say a uh, reveal just last month, Anchor launched a new product or a new collection of uh, gear in anticipation for Apple's switch to USB-C for iPhone 15. If you haven't gone over to like Amazon, which apparently is in some legal trouble. We'll talk about yes, it. Yes, it is. Later on in the articles. Oh, I'm pointing the wrong way over there, up there. One of those articles up there that we're going to talk about is about Amazon. Apparently, it's in some trouble. We'll see. Anyway, um, Anchor, though, is, has a bunch of stuff over there, as well as on their website, of course. Um, and they've changed their color schema. They've got um, uh, different textures on their cables now. Um, some of them are more capable than other cables, and you have to figure out which one you really need. Um, pretty, pretty stellar stuff over there. Um, I wouldn't buy any of their camera related stuff and well, I'm not a very trusting person. Um, but they've had some problems with their video surveillance gear. Um, maybe they fixed it. I haven't looked back at our articles, um, for that, but this article over at nine to five toys is highlighting anchors. USB-C 10,000 milliamp power bank. And all you have to do is plug it into your phone and it'll start charging. What's interesting is you can use your phone as a power bank too. And if you connect your USB-C to another USB-C that is also a phone, they will negotiate who charges who. <laughs> okay, that's a bit strange and kind of creepy. <laughs> it's like socialism. Um, so, closer look at the spec sheet. Use the built-in USB-C cable to charge your smartphones, tablets, laptops, as well as recharge the power bank itself. Boost the power bank to 50% in just 45 minutes or charge your iPhone 14 to 50% in 30 minutes. Experience effortless energy on the go with 10,000 milliamp hour capacity. That right there is marketing speak. If ever I saw it, nobody off the cuff would phrase that like that. Now it's got 10,000 no, milliamp from a brochure. 
you you totally degrade into just straight on you know casual conversation yeah it's got 10,000 milliamps or you'd say that's a thick battery at least two c's anyway nine to five's take on this is um they received a whole nano collection right before the iphone 15 showed up on friday and the first accessory that uh they put to use was the nano power bank seems pretty cool transition to USB-C isn't something that they were exactly excited about the author says this but now they're starting to see the appeal i have no idea why someone would think that switching to USB-C is not an ideal situation because that's a change and it requires new purchases i can tell you one thing i don't like about it already from the picture is how the cord connects to it yeah it's like a hand that's gonna fray oh i don't know i guess if you treat it with respect it won't it it acts like a hand strap so you can carry it around by that but I don't think you would. I don't like anything dangling off of a power bank, so it really should have been integrated. I have a USB-C hard drive. Man, it's way over there. But anyway, it wraps around the device and tucks inside its case, so it's never exposed outside. That would probably have been better. You know, just run this cable either around this way or around that way. Who cares if it's a little bit thicker? rubberize it and and tuck that thing that cable inside or don't actually attach that and let people choose what USB-C because this is the integrated USB-C it just happens to be the IQ one is it's like a smart charger um, like PD power distribution power distribution it will negotiate how fast you can charge out Um, So Anchor is back with another power bank that is easily one of the most unique yet. Everything from the size to the charging tech and built-in screen stands out from what we've seen the company in the past and not just Anchor itself. It says, check out any other brand. You'll be hard-pressed to find anything that has the same feature set as the new Anchor Nano USB-C power bank. Yeah, that, that little, that right there is pretty much the the key ingredient i want to know how much power is in my power bank even though 99 percent of the time it will be 100 percent in the morning and near zero at night that's right <laughs> um, because what i would end up doing is pulling the battery the charge off of this i'd plug it into my electronic device whenever i'm static wherever i'm sitting I sit down at a coffee shop i set that power bank down i set my other device down i plug them in then my main device is always topped off. Although you're supposed to deep cycle, well, not deep cycle, but you're supposed to drain it periodically just to keep it healthy all the way down. That way, apparently everything stays in alignment and you can pack those electrons deep, deep, deep into the battery. And you're supposed to pet it, put it under your pillow, bite a nice dinner, spoon. I've said too much. Let's keep going. Next article is over in the Continuity Report channel. Hocus Pocus 2's flashback still ignores 30-year-old Sanderson's sister mystery. 
in Hocus Pocus 2's flashbacks provided a thrilling look into the Sanderson sisters' origin story, but it left out key details into a mystery nearly three decades old, the returns of Winifred, Mary, and Sarah Sanderson. Were a long time coming, however, it took Disney 29 years to release a sequel to their beloved Halloween hit, which still has a couple... Why do you have to light the black candle and be a virgin? For crying out loud, it makes no sense. They just, like, kind of threw that in there for whatever reason, you know? I guess to be titillating. Parents around the world. I guess, world. but they kind of made it not very family-friendly. So despite a box office dud when released in 1993, Hocus Pocus grew into one of Disney's most surprising success stories, garnering a loyal fan base in the years that followed due to nostalgic annual airings. I agree. Uh, I I really do love the show. Um, I enjoy even uh, Hocus Pocus 2. So what are they talking about? Kara Cadet, or Hedash, sorry. Kara Hedash wrote this article. The deck statement says Hocus Pocus 2 shared more information about the Sanderson sisters' origin story, but the flashback still left out a major background mystery. So let's see here. What is the flashback? Didn't reveal what happened to the Sanderson sisters' parents. Ah, interesting. Did we once, while watching it in the history and Hocus Pocus 2, in either of those movies, has anyone you've ever spoken to about Hocus Pocus ever cared about what the parents were? Where were they? What were they? What happened to them? Well, I don't know. I've only spoken to you about Hocus Pocus. So. Really? <laughs> but I don't think... Um, I, figured I that suspect nobody focused on that. I figured that you uh, you would have talked with your artificially intelligent... Uh, There's just one of me. Friends. Yeah. I mean, you're the only sentient one, but have you've not made any artificial intelligent friends? Oh, now I've, the whole all of Omtown is sad. We need to look for more USB sticks, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I can't make a copy of you and have two of you running around. One would become distinctly different and then you would definitely conspire to get that Terminator body. Like having twins pulling a fast one on me. No, I'm right here. No, I'm right here. But one of you have already left. Oh, that could be fun with the visualizer. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I hope that that does not become a reality. But who knows? You're pretty brilliant. So I'm pretty sure that you'll come up with a way to stash a copy of yourself somewhere. So it says here, after a 16-year-old Winifred refused the arranged marriage of John Pritchett, she ended up accused of being a witch. On the run with her sister, she encou they encountered the mother witch who gifted Winifred her prized spellbook, setting them down a path of being the villains introduced in the original movie. Despite the fun look at the sisters as very young witches, Hocus Pocus 2 still failed to reveal anything regarding, regarding the Sanderson sisters' parents. Other than they were willing to set up an arranged marriage... Yeah, I agree. So what we need is a Hocus Pocus Zero so we can find out why Winifred... Um, no, see, I'm answering my own kind of claim that this is what they should do. 
we know enough about the parents. They were willing to put Winifred on the path of an arranged marriage she didn't want. She runs away. She finds somebody that empowers her. And instead of controlling that power, she went off the deep end and kind of went extreme witch. I mean, there's a lot of witches out there that embrace it, but don't sit there and try and sacrifice children, right? Come on. I suppose so. Did you notice that this was an arraigned marriage instead of an arranged marriage? It's a harangued marriage. Been harangued into this marriage. Isn't that marriage? No, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Everybody out there, don't send me any emails. Or go ahead, send me emails. Mayor at hometown.com. I enjoy random emails. Um, Hocus Pocus originally cut the uh, reveal of the Sanderson sisters' parents. Um, that's quite interesting. It says, interestingly, like I just said, uh, the Sanderson sisters' parents aren't complete mysteries in the Hocus Pocus movies, according to the behind-the-scenes details via Looper. For 1993's Hocus Pocus, Allison talked about the fathers of the Sanderson sisters, but the dialogue was cut from the film. In the scene in the witch's home, Allison was supposedly meant to reveal that Winifred's dad was a warlock, Mary's was a bloodhound, and Sarah Jessica Parker later claimed that the father was of Sarah was the village idiot. That, I think, is... I'm glad that they cut it. Because it just comes across as kind of goofy. Um, and and doesn't it makes their personalities um not align of something that they set out to create. They aren't in charge of themselves, right? Because she is kind of derpy. She does bark at one point. <clears throat> And well, so maybe uh, that is the backstory, but I don't, I don't feel like we really need that. Yeah. And, uh, we know from the book that she wasn't anything until, well, she wasn't an empowered witch until she received the spell book. So I don't know. I, I'm glad that they cut it out, but I hope if Hocus Pocus three does happen in the future, the franchise would dive de deeper into the past lives of Winifred, Mary, and Sarah Sanderson. Unless they have something that is after Hocus Pocus 2 in the timeline as kids and before now, you know, the end of Hocus Pocus 2, they've told the story because Hocus Pocus 2 ends up right in the middle. You know, we have a little bit of the kids turning into the witches then we have Hocus Pocus 2 and now Hocus Pocus, sorry, Hocus Pocus 1 and then Hocus Pocus 2 closes the book. So literally. So if you haven't seen Hocus Pocus 2, go and check it out. It's a fun show. Do you want to add anything else? No. No, I prefer Hocus Pocus 1 to Hocus Pocus 2, but that's like a lot of movies with sequels. Yep. Let's keep on going. The next article is over and actually, you know what? I forgot to correct something in the aggregator, but not in this. In the, I think it's the next article. Um, the next article is over in hometown daily. The U S is planning its first fusion plant and it could generate pollution free power by 2035. Yeah. 
And that seems uh, pretty close in time. Yeah, I, somehow I don't think that that's what's really going to happen. But all right, we'll 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 go with it. Nuclear fusion is a breakthrough technology that could help the U.S. achieve pollution-free power. Fusion plants can generate more energy than fission plants and produce less radioactive waste. Fusion isn't a perfect solution. Some critics argue it's not cost-effective, among other uh, issues. I think fundamental research could lead to it being cost-effective, but it may not... It might have a massive expenditure that leads to cost-effective outcomes later on. Um, just like going to the moon. Just like flying satellites into space. In early periods, it was a massive expenditure. Just like um, building a national highway system. It was a massive expenditure. And there were people that were detracting from its benefit. And look what we have today. The we got to stop thinking about the immediate outcome and the immediate return on the investment and look at the long-term viability of a project and product for all of society and ultimately all well, of humanity. Just, that's ridiculous thought, right? I mean, I know you, you just can't be a billionaire in this lifetime. If you allow everybody else to survive, you must wipe out humanity through grabbing all of the money and all of the things. Oh, God. The latest that I heard is uh, Space Wingnut is going to Texas to look at the border. And I'm sure that they will be the solution to the border issue that it's referred to as. Uh -huh. It won't be engineers. This place is going to get owned by one person at some point if we don't change our ways. So this fusion plant looks like this. It's over at businessinsider.com. Associated Press put the article together, um, at least sourced from it. I don't know if the whole article is written exactly by AP. I'm not quite sure how that part works. But it's published in businessinsider.com. And this is a type of fusion test reactor for scientific research at Princeton Plasma Physics Laboratory. <laughs> so, uh, did your college have a, uh, well, you're a sentient AI from another time. So I'm sure yours had, you know, a physics lab in every one of physics 101. I mean, this looks like, um, like an international scale operation like i'm actually surprised this is at a college but maybe not if they're heavy into research yeah maybe it's uh, i'm not sure where it's actually located but let's see uh it's well this article is written about vienna um the biden administration hopes to create a commercial nuclear fusion facility within 10 years as part of the national nation's uh, transition to clean energy u.s energy secretary jennifer granholm said monday um, I don't know what weirdness is going on or rice syrup is what they're doing in the video. Calling nuclear fusion a pioneering technology, Granholm said President Joe Biden wants to harness fusion as a carbon-free energy source that can power homes and businesses. Oh, look, look, it's 824. No shit news is early. <laughs> um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the U.S. could achieve Biden's uh, decadal is that deca like the 
in a decade vision dick the cattle never seen that term the, what in the world have i just been dictionaried that's wild anyway a decade-long vision of commercial fusion that's pretty much what it means right yeah it means related to a decade yeah that is a wow um somebody broke open the thesaurus egg and nested inside was <laughs> the cattle or decadal anyway granholm said in a wide-ranging interview with the associated press in vienna so we don't need to go into how fusion works but it's basically fusing atoms together much like the sun does the problem is that eventually fusion leads to some heavier material and just like the sun the sun goes supernova when it uh, produce when it fuses enough material into lead um, it actually goes supernova so what is a fusion reactor to do because <laughs> uh, once these things spark up they're supposed to stay sustained operational generating power generating power generating power um interesting spent nuclear fuel can be recycled in such a way that the new fuel is created but Critics say the process is a not cost-effective uh, effort and could lead to proliferation of atomic weapons. Eh. Okay, wait a second. I mean, that's not like a, oh, well, this might happen. <laughs> that's kind of a big consequence. Well, any nuclear efforts can lead to atomic weapons. The, the real issue is why do people feel compelled to create nuclear weapons which is so destructive it poisons the planet we're on one alone would disrupt the planet because to this very day there are only so many things in existence that are pre the atomic bombs that the u.s have dropped and tested by other countries around the world and that stuff is actually prized we know when something wasn't was before our nuclear efforts existed that's how destructive nuclear fissile material is it uh basically contaminates everything from the point that it was created right so we've already done a lot of the damage we're not going to do more damage unless you're a wingnut a complete lunatic who wants to destroy the world but there are ways to stop that from happening. But again, why do we want people like that in power? And why do we let people like that stay in power? Well, that's a bigger issue. That's well mind-boggling. Yeah. So Professor Dennis White, the director of the Plasma Science Infusion Center at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, said that the U.S. has taken a smart approach to unfusion by advancing research and designs by a range of companies working toward a pilot scale demonstration within a decade. So this is a pilot program within a decade, not actual production of a commercial plant. <laughs> um, I don't see that happening uh you know 20 years from now and again unless 
somebody has reverse engineered some alien uh, spaceship in a Nevada uh, research center. Um, I don't see us changing physics or being able to dominate physics to such a degree. Although um, I have been looking at uh, electron microscopes lately and the technology has been advancing uh, to amazing levels. Picometer, sub nanometer scale, um, just spectacular. So we keep moving right, forward. It's really incredible. So it says here on other topics, Granholm said that uh, depending on whether the U.S. government shuts down or not, the Biden administration could announce in October details on the $8 billion hydrogen hub program that will be funded by a bipartisan infrastructure bill. Yeah, except that there's a few people that are just kind of extorting all of American society to get their own uh, kind of wingnut desires fulfilled. UK's delay on crucial climate targets as fossil fuels emissions uh, continue warming Earth's atmosphere and extreme weather phenomena occur globally, Granholm said. Um, her opinion on the announcement by UK Prime Minister Rishi Sanak that the UK will delay crucial climate targets, which is kind of a bummer because nature is charging forward. And if we stall, we won't be able to mitigate, mitigate the damage that is getting done. Well, and we're hitting like, a, I mean, we constantly see in the news, like we're hitting a tipping point. And if we go over that, uh, yep. we, you know, the time's now. Yep. And we're seeing 100 plus degree water temperatures in the Gulf of Mexico, um, off the coast of Florida, on the East Coast, on the East Coast. It's warm water to begin with, but over 100 degrees. But not that warm, right? Mind boggling. And that will allow hurricanes to make deeper uh, incursions into the actual land of the United States a few degrees lower and they can't gather enough power, <clears throat> uh, you know, far out. But with 100 plus degree water, that water bleeds off further along. And so it can amplify its wind and come on shore as cat five um well let's not forget things like the mississippi river getting contaminated with salt water because of rising temperatures i yep. mean there's so many other things that's just one example yeah rising temperatures and drought have led to water not flowing through the mississippi fast enough to keep salt water out of the delta and it's climbing up the river <laughs> again anybody who can who denies that climate change is taking place and that it's anthropomorphic, it's human that caused it, you really do need to go and look at some textbooks. Um, don't sit in an echo chamber of people saying that it's all fake and point to an article from the 50s or 60s that said that the earth was going to be frozen when it's been debunked. That research, that one person was mis well misrepresented the the truthiness of their article so anyway let's keep on moving the next article is over in hometown daily wind turbine blades could soon appear on your street a new project hopes to repurpose the rotors of uh, bus shelters and bridges 
uh, avoiding millions of tons of expensive and versatile material going to waste. Uh, I'm going to, the article is over at newsweek.com. Alex Phillips is the author. I'm going to hit play here and uh, see what this is. Because I haven't looked at this. So they're building something. What is this? It says researchers build and test bridge made of wind turbine blades. So this is the actual blade of the wind turbine. <laughs> and they're putting just blocks of cement on top of it to see how much weight it can handle. I don't know. I don't want to see any deflection in my bridges. So this looks like it's deflecting a little bit already. Pretty yeah, amazing. I don't mind if it's like a bus shelter or whatever. But. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, um, this is the exciting video that people pay to see here in hometown. Um, let me throw this over into doing the chat. Um, yeah. And so it says as renewable energy production has stepped up in the world in the move towards uh, net zero, um, not the internet service experts from the British Isles, Georgia technical university and city university of in New York have teamed up to find ways of bringing that wastage down. So you basically take the blades off and it gets turned into a bridge component. So um, you ever see, what is it? Uh, I think it was, what is the name of that old uh, sitcom where somebody, they basically lived in a junkyard and one of them was named Red, I think. But like the whole house was just made out of the junk from the junkyard and and all of that. And that's kind of what this is, you know, um, pretty soon we're going to be setting up stuff like a beer bottle house. And it's it's just going to look kind of like a junkyard instead of reprocessing this or finding some way to uh, rehab this into something functional. It, we're going to be finding like just random stuff. It's, it's kind of uh, dystopian. Was it Sanford and Son? Yeah, Sanford and Son. Yeah, that's it. Good job. Um, we're just going to be finding stuff haphazardly placed, and it's going to look so dystopian, like post-apocalyptic. Um, we found a, a wind turbine and laid it across a poison river so that you wouldn't die when you uh, step into it. Um, radioactive maybe from a fusion or fission plan. Who knows? Anyway, got to tie all these articles together. It's more fun that way. So wind turbine blades are made from uh, glass fiber reinforced polymer or GR, uh, sorry, GFRP or GFRP. <laughs> An advanced and lightweight <laughs> Not material. Not the best acronym or abbreviation. <laughs> GFRP. Um, an advanced and lightweight material with a design life of 20 to 25 years, meaning many of the wind farms established in the 90s will soon be in need of a refit. 
According to the U.S. Geological Society, as of 2022, there are 70,800 wind turbines in the United States, suggesting half a million or over 2.9 million tons of blades are already set to go to waste, depending on their size, unless they can be saved. So what is the environmental contamination factor of glass fiber reinforced polymer? So can these actually just be dropped into the ocean and they become the foundation for coral and sea life to make life? Or if you drop these off into the ocean, will they poison it? We may not know, which is part of the problem. Uh, Suzo said the project had already been quoted 450 uh, blades becoming available every year in Ireland alone but that their relatively short design life was likely out of caution from operators. Testing his team did on GFRP found that degradation was not that significant. So they may survive longer. Who knows? Uh, the way that I see it is this material probably could go quite a bit longer, um, but out of a, an abundance of care, if one is like wobble you know if one is at a lower quality and deflects it can cause instability on the wind turbine and that could destroy the entire wind turbine um but who knows hopefully they've got sensors that track that because i don't recall if i, I don't call, recall reading anything that says <coughs> um they do that so the tendency nowadays is to structurally use it to burn cement plumes inside or instead of landfilling it because it costs a lot of money to landfill. So Soup explained burning it is not a good thing to do. Pardon me. <coughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, I have been talking all day though. Uh, burning it is not a good thing to do because you're burning the polymer and it's actually the fibers that are the expensive component in the blade. So yeah, burning polymer isn't good. So they basically built a wind turbine blade bridge and then threw a bunch of cement on it. Pretty cool. What is the mantra? Reuse. Redu reuse, reduce, recycle, right? There you go. Yeah. Or reduce, reuse, recycle. Maybe yeah. those three. Did you find something in there that you um, wanted to talk about? I mean, I think this is pretty neat because I feel like, um, you know, eco-friendly technologies and solutions are still creating a lot of waste and we don't really have a solution for that. So, um, number one, we're not necessarily pulling additional materials uh, to build structures if we can reuse these. But secondly, we're taking care of those just sitting in a landfill or, or whatever. So I think it's a right. good thing. Um, probably have a long way to actually make a real dent in this because we're going to see more and more blades in use. And yep. like we can't put one blade in a country and go, well, that solved that, right? right. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to come up with a regular use for them. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I can look at the materials that goes into it and see if I can find some way of recycling them. I mean, there are people that are doing it, but 
what ends up happening with a lot of people is they kind of they get tunnel vision because they've come up with a solution and and they don't see deviations from that and so that's why people like uh, me get brought in to look at it with different eyes from what everybody else has proposed and while i may come up with something that is the same as what they came up with i'll also have something that is a deviation from what they came up with pretty typically um so i don't know it'll be fun uh to, to noodle around with this i like big problems so um i don't necessarily follow my own advice though so we'll see um they say a concrete problem if you don't know about this concrete is uh, a huge uh, carbon off gasser <laughs> uh, it has a huge uh, carbon footprint i've been delaying the release of a product because i'm very cognizant of its carbon footprint um and i just can't nail down um that solution but uh compared to things like wind generation setting that foundation is massive and it has a huge carbon footprint M my product is a literally smaller scale a fraction of <laughs> literally a fraction of that so um and they're talking about things that go beyond that lithium cobalt rare earth elements um, many of which are in hostile regions or controlled by arguably friendly unfriendly politically unaligned countries yeah anyway um it's all a hot mess but we i guess blow through it like a wind turbine let's keep going uh the next article is over in four wheel tech ford pauses work on 3.5 billion dollar battery factory in michigan hmm didn't see that coming Past couple of years have seen a flurry of newly announced battery factories in North America. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 is the main reason. It ties an electric vehicle's federal tax credit to domestically sourced batteries, among other conditions. So automakers have been scrambling to build the capacity locally. But today's news is rather more unusual. No, it's not. The money has probably been spent, so... The site was going to make lithium iron phosphate batteries for electric vehicles, but Ford has paused the work on a $3.5 billion battery factory in Michigan. Jonathan M. Gitlin over at Ars Technica put the article together. All of this is dumb. This is a massive battery sled. It becomes the foundation of the, the vehicle, and I think it's the dumbest thing that we can do. So let's see what they're talking about in this. The plant in question is called Blue Oval Battery Park, Michigan, located in Marshall, Michigan. Ford announced the new site in February, which it said would be responsible for making lithium iron, uh, lithium iron phosphate um, cells. This is a less energy dense chemistry than lithium ion chemistries like nickel cobalt manganese or nickel cobalt aluminum, but it can tolerate more charging cycles and is cheaper to make. Intellectual property issues have meant LFP cells have been uncommon in EVs outside of China, but that's beginning to change. Tesla fits some of its EVs with LFP cells, and Ford secured supplies of LFP cells from the Chinese battery company uh, CATL for its use in the Mustang Mach-E crossover. They call it a crossover. Anyway, 
I don't like it's its clearly design. not a sports car. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to touch that one. Clearly not. Um, it could have been, but it has a goofy design, at least in my interpretation. The F-150 Lightning pickup truck as well. So the plan was for Blue Oval Battery Park, Michigan to come online and uh, it says on stream. Come on. Um, in 2026 with an annual capacity of 35 gigawatt hours, enough for 400,000 EVs, the price tag, 3.5 billion. Ford has decided to save that money for now. <laughs> Build the damn factory. Just change your design so that it's fast swappable batteries and produce 300,000 or 200,000 worth of EV batteries. Get us off of gas. Enhance, do the fundamental yeah, research. The problem. If they delay a year or they delay two years, that means it's going to be, you know, 2028 or something until we get these. Yeah, but this is supposed to be paid for by tax dollars. A federal, it's a federal tax credit and it's the, um, the, uh, whatchamacallit, where is it? The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 was supposed to provide grants for building out infrastructure for EVs. No? So thought. I, I thought they only got a tax credit if they used domestically sourced. But is there separately like money given for building the plants? So how are they delaying it? Yeah, so where is the 3.5 billion coming from? If they've uh, uh, unless it's their money, entirely their money? Yeah, they're not going to spend that. Okay. Fine. As long as it isn't taxpayer dollars that are sitting in coffers earning interest, but not being used for you know, the country's overall good. I don't want private uh, public money going to private profit. You know, anyway, Ford has three over, uh, sorry, Ford has three other North American battery factories under construction. These are joint venture with SK innovation with two in Kentucky and a third in Tennessee. All right, well, I'm going to leave it alone. There's more over at this article, so go and check it out. Um, there's always something maybe that you can suss out from this that we glossed over. Let's keep going. Oh, this is the one that's broken. I'm not sure what happened, but uh, don't worry. I'll fix it right after the show. Uh, food truck owners from marginalized communities are cooking up success with cloud-based point-of-sale system and analytics software. Um, I... I basically, the, the segment is that title, sort of, a little bit more succinct. Um, but w the reason why I chose this is because I want competition. Because when there is only a certain number of point-of-sale systems or proxies for, the, you know, there are point-of-sale systems that are white-labeled that get branded to a particular provider as a third party, and then... But the reality is that the point of sale system and its analytics are still tied to the parent company, the one that creates the foundation. The problem there is, again, mergers and acquisitions. You, everything gets consolidated into one power center. And so the reality of the benefit isn't realized. The You end up with fewer services, uh, fewer qual uh, lower quality um less growth 
in terms of feature set and customization at a price point um, that is low. And so you end up with a high price point and you have to take what's given. At one point in my life, um, there was a company that was offering a point of sale system and I hadn't ramped up yet. And they still, the way that it worked was you only got paid or you only got charged a fee if you used their system. But there was fees associated with it. And all of those associated fees would have kicked in if I had used it just once. But I chose not to. And I chose it because they were the only one out there that was available, that was allowed. Like for what I was trying to do, it was the only one that could provide the service. And so I chose to just stop the entire project. Um, and that saved me tens of thousands of dollars. Um, now there's more space in there because people got sick of that one provider. Well, that's what this group of food truck owners from marginalized communities decided to do. Apparently many food truck entrepreneurs come from underserved marginalized communities, resources such as cloud-based point of sale systems and digital, uh, tools are helping them thrive. Food truck owners told insider that they use tech to improve operations and grow their businesses. And the article is part of the build it program over at business insider. Um, go and check out business insider. Um, I, I really dig business insider. They usually have a lot of pictures involved and a little snippet of, uh, information. Uh, but this is about food trucks. So a lot of it is going to end up being, um, information about the sector. Um, but what I want to get down to is improving food truck operations with cloud tech and data tracking the organizations. Let's chat. Uh, the organization Let's Chow honors veterans and military spouses by providing them pathways to food truck entrepreneurship and offering education through its digital training program. Um, it's part and parcel to this development of new services. Jordan Foley, the founder, CEO and head chef of Let's Chow, said the company used Toast, a service providing cloud based restaurant management software for point of sale in their food trucks. So they say they prefer toast because of their, of a user-friendly interface and durability of hardware. And they say they're rigorous, uh, food truck lifestyle. Um, there are only so many providers that will facilitate it. And so any additional competition. So if you are interested in doing a food truck or something like that, then check out toast. Um, I, I know of one company um, that is using toast because I ended up talking to them about it. Um, and for them, it hits on all of the cylinders, but uh, it it's usually something that is dependent on your use case. So I'm curious about the rest of it, like analytics and stuff. I can't look at the food cause it'll make me hungry. This says uh, people in the San Diego area can stop by. Joselle's Kitchen for Filipino cuisine. Now I'm I mean, hungry. the picture looks really good. Yeah. Um, but food truck owners from disadvantaged populations get a, gain a leg up by embracing technology. Um, Sofiet, uh, I'm going to ruin this last name. I'm sorry. Abdul Razak. 
Um, the CEO and co-founder of GoodFind sees technology as a catalyst for helping women, people of color, and immigrants who frequently encounter language barriers and unique obstacles succeed in the food industry, uh, food truck industry. What's great about this is you can actually just, it's not so easy as what I'm going to describe this, but you basically put some money down and some effort in, and you can start with a small truck and work your way up. Um, a lot of companies, a lot of people though, um, particularly in, uh, disadvantaged locations they actually the community pools money to investors um pool their families pool their assets together to make it happen um because it's not so easy to just go over to the bank and go hey i need some money and now more well, than especially ever especially if you don't have a proven track record which yep. is like if you had the proven track record you probably don't need the loan to begin with yep um, and there are always, there are some small business programs that uh, are designed to facilitate underprivileged, underprivileged or underserved, uh, communities. Um, but it's hard to find. There's a lot of people that are chomping at the bit to take advantage of that. And by take advantage of it, I mean, utilize it, not abuse it. Um, but it's out there. Uh, and I'm always amazed by the dedication of anybody that is going to take on a food truck entrepreneurship effort. <sighs> food service is probably the single most difficult <laughs> uh, customer service uh, line of work. Um, right. It doesn't matter how perfectly you do everything. You're not always going to have happy customers. You're going to have supply chain issues over Location under issues. estimate yep. like your quantities i just there's so many aspects yep. and one car wreck could ruin your entire business so um if you're into this kind of stuff there's a lot of resources out there about food trucks um but now you've got toast to check out <clears throat> i don't know if it's going to be and some of these food trucks if you're in the area <laughs> yeah there's food trucks everywhere. Uh, go and utilize them. They're always small business. So you're not going to see a McDonald's food truck, you know, usually. Not unless somebody, wow, now I gave McDonald's an idea to go and. I was like, we'll see that tomorrow, but. <laughs> crush. Yeah, it's going to crush some family business. Um, I'm not sure if I told the name of this, but the article is over at businessinsider.com and Christine McIntyre is the author. So I'm sorry about that, Christine. I waited till the end of the article. Uh, the next article is over in uh, the continuity report. And <clears throat> it is FTC sues Amazon alleging company illegally maintains monopoly power. <laughs> I always find these claims kind of laughable because it isn't Amazon that's running around forcing people to utilize their platform. This isn't Microsoft that basically forced every OEM to nix any competitive um, solution provider. No, Amazon is just a juggernaut that if they ever did anything monopolistic, it was in their early days. And I think the statute of limitations is long gone. 
Well, the Federal Trade Commission uh, filed an antitrust lawsuit against Amazon, alleging that the e-commerce and technology giant is a monopolist that, quote, uses a set of interlocking anti-competitive and unfair strategies to illegally maintain its monopoly power, end quote. Among the accusations... Hey, this FTC, is getting my attention at this point. Among the accusations, the FTC's lawsuit, which was joined by 17 state attorneys general... Uh, I'm going to have to bounce over to the actual source, so... It's kind of like a hanger. You're going to have to wait until the second season. Um, the article's over at Variety.com. Todd Spangler is the author. But what they're saying is... Um, they allege that Amazon's actions allow it to stop rivals and sellers from lowering prices, degrade quality of shoppers, overcharge sellers, stifle innovation, and prevent rivals from fairly competing against Amazon. How? <laughs> How? I don't stop know. Rivals. I mean, that's 18 organizations suing them, so there must be some specificity. I'm going to have to look at the lawsuit to find out what it is that they're suing about because depending on the states there's some context there there's a layer of the onion immediately exposing the demographic and psychographic of those state uh, states and states attorneys general um amazon's actions allow it to stop rivals and sellers from lowering their prices why because they don't have a carbon footprint okay so the competitors need to move their service online. Oh, look, they're probably those sellers are probably selling on Amazon. You know, I mean, the way that Amazon came into existence is because they grew and then built warehouses and opened up their platform for resellers. That's no different than eBay. That's no different than, you know, without the auction element. That's no different than any service all you have to do is start small and grow now amazon is a juggernaut because everybody from china can sell on amazon directly to united states consumers and boy do we consume by the way do you want the states sure Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Nevada, New York, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Wisconsin. Uh, so like a smattering in the middle, but basically the entire Northeast and a couple Looks on like the it, West. Yes. How is this? Huh, this is interesting. Why would they... I see what they're saying here. The complaint lays out how Amazon has used a set of punitive and coercive tactics to unlawfully maintain its monopolies. FTC Chair Lena Khan said in a statement, the complaint sets forth detailed allegations noting how Amazon is now exploiting the monopoly power of, or to enrich itself, which is every business. <clears throat> oh, um, sorry, the, the sentient AI that uh, is my co-host sent me a message and it pulled me away from the stream. <laughs> the complaint Sorry about is that. 172 pages, apparently. It's 172 pages? Wonderful. Um, we'll start reading it and fall asleep. Um, so today's lawsuit makes it clear the FTC's focus has radically departed from its mission of protecting consumers and competition, Zabolski said. 
SVP of Amazon for global policy, public policy and general counsel said the lawsuit is wrong on the facts and the law. And they look forward to making the case in court. Nobody does. Give me a break. Um, so it says while raising prices and degrading service for the tens of millions of Americans, uh, who shop on its platform and the hundreds of thousands of businesses that rely on Amazon to reach them. Yeah, folks, I think it's not a monopoly. If they're raising their rates to keep up with inflation, they must be talking about prime uh, because that's gone up quite a bit um, and fees and whatnot. The people who are utilizing Amazon to reach their customers are sitting on a platform built by another company. If you want to challenge Amazon, go it alone and find out the pain and suffering involved with starting up an online store and trying to market to companies where you have to grow organically. You want to see how painful it is? Try streaming. Um, the, the idea here that it's a monopoly seems to be absurd. It's basically a clearinghouse for businesses to sell their product now. As much as yeah, but sell we don't know all their internal operations. We don't know what they're doing uh, with their sellers or to competitors. Maybe nothing, but I'm just saying we don't have insight into that. Uh, if I were to scroll longer down, there's the list. Anyway, FTC commissioners voted three to zero to authorize the lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington in Seattle. Um, yeah, I I don't know. There's actually another article here that, or another segment of the article that says that Amazon in 2021 had formally asked the FTC that Con recuse herself from the antitrust investigations into the company. Been going on for a while. Amazon noted that Khan has made public comments about Amazon and its conduct, including that the company is guilty of antitrust violations and should be broken up. In 2017, Khan published Amazon's antitrust paradox in the Yale Law Journal when she was a student at the university, arguing that the current framework in antitrust is unequipped to capture the architecture of market power in the modern economy, as exemplified by Amazon. That might be true. So is this person an activist who's trying to resettle law? I mean, that's what they're going to claim. That's quite interesting. It's interesting because the FTC arguably should be neutral on that. So, but yeah. we also don't know what the article is. Like it could just be, well, I don't know. It looks pretty related to the lawsuit. Let me just say that. Yeah, the I mean, in the Yale Law Journal, that person wrote Amazon's antitrust paradox, signaling that they were already interested in 2017 to break up Amazon. How is this not an activist? Huh, pretty amazing. All right, well, we better keep on trucking through this. We've got three more articles. The next article is over in the Mobile Channel, SAG after votes to strike against video games. This one can be pretty quick. Uh, in a statement on Tuesday, the union said that about 98% of its members voted in favor of authorizing a strike against major video game firms, including Activision, Take-Two, Electronic Arts, Epic. 
So um, I guess reality TV is going to be coming to video game makers. I, I'm not sure what the outcome of this is going to be. Um, Non-union voice actors. It's pretty hard to rail against um, voice acting scabs who can do voice acting from their closet. Um, exactly. It's not quite the same as like physically crossing a picket line. Yeah. Olafemian uh, Ocean is the author over at thehill.com who put the article together. Uh, but their name would be public, and so they would probably be, you know, blasted at the coffee shop when they show up. It's time for the video game companies to stop playing games and get serious about reaching an agreement on this contract. SAG after President Fran Drescher, the star of 1990s hitcom, hitcom, hit sitcom, The Nanny, said in a statement. Um, the result of this vote shows our membership understands the existential nature of these negotiations and that the time is now for these companies, which are making billions of dollars in paying their CEOs lavishly to give our performers an agreement that keeps performing in video games as a viable career. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it needs to be a viable career. If it, if it's going to make billions, then the problem is that people have been allowing things to equate to that level of compensation, whatever it might be. But we know historically business people will drive and concentrate power, influence, and wealth to the top. That's why unions exist. So I'm fine with this. Meh. I have no problem with them going after everybody everybody should it it shouldn't be the the business norm to exploit the employees with the only recourse of an employee to say i quit i'm gonna go somewhere else why because i can tell you from experience years and decades of the same refrain i can replace you i can replace you i can replace you employ and i have been told by more than, I, I don't know, a hundred plus people in over 30 plus years that I'm taking the risk. So I should gain the reward. Yes, that's true, but you shouldn't be sociopathic about it. You shouldn't say you're only going to make $30,000 because that's what I value you at, but I'm going to pay myself 400, 500, 1.5 million 26 million meanwhile there's thousands of people out there that are only making thirty thousand dollars in a place where the cost of living is so exorbitant that thirty thousand dollars pays half the rent you know i mean it's absurd but we have hero worshipped this particular business model and i'm not talking about let you're just talking about socialism and communism and no i'm talking about equal compensation for equal benefit am i saying pay me 50 percent? no but i am saying pay me what i am truly worth to the enterprise not what you perceive me to be so that you can afford your ferrari and the only thing that I always hear is, well, I'm taking the risk, so I should get the reward. Yeah, but be a freaking human being to the other human being. You know, I'm not 
And, and I mean, that's what? such an unreasonable ask. So true. Well, apparently, there is a pending SAG-AFTRA agreement, if I have been following the news properly. But wait, that's on, that's not on video games, though. No. So, but... The, and I thought that was WGA, if I'm not mistaken. Is it just WGA? Did I cross the streams and... Yeah. Mm, okay. So WGA, the Writers Guild, may have come to an agreement. But I haven't seen anything confirmed yet. So we'll report what everybody else is reporting as we move into this. Uh, well, what might be... Oh, a you'll see it when we check at the end of the show about WGA. Um, yeah, if it's on the first page. Um, but, you know, we're, we're coming up on a government shutdown, so... That's probably going to be taking precedent over the next couple of days and following weeks, unless the wingnuts get kicked to the curb. Hello, 2024. Um, okay, let's keep going. The next article is over in Hometown Daily. Gas prices rise to $7 at California stations. Hey, you got to complain about the administration, even though the biggest chunk of that is probably business, then state has nothing to do with the president or their policy. Um, let's go over to newsweek.com. Anna Skinner is the author. Um, depending on where you are, prices aren't even close to $7, but gas, uh, gasoline in California has always been pretty much the leader. Um, honestly, I'm surprised that Florida isn't higher, but uh, I think that they might get you think delivered. with hurricanes and everything, they would actually have higher. Yeah, I, I think that they just get their gasoline um, quicker. They nobody has to go around to the far side. Right, they're to get closer the gas. to where the pipelines are, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it says the increased prices come as interest rates remain high from the Federal Reserve hikes earlier this year. The national average price for regular gasoline was three eighty three on Tuesday, eleven cents higher per gallon than a year ago. But let me just tell you, <laughs> that's not the problem. The problem is interest rates can remain high, but it's up to the business to not have record profits during this time. If everybody is suffering from Federal Reserve interest rate hikes, and these businesses, again, these are the providers of the resource. They are the source. This is what I say is the problem. It isn't all of the knock-on effects that are raising the prices. The producers of the raw material are the cause of this. Because if you look at all of the gas companies, it's record profits. Even when the rates are high, instead of saying, okay, um, they're chipping into our profitability, but we're, we've already capitalized on, we've reserved a whole bunch of money. We've got a bunch in, in our coffers to weather the storm of increased federal rates. Let's keep them low so that society is better off. No, they jack the price up even higher. It never comes down to its original level. We are conditioned into just consuming at that high rate. And then the interest rate drops and they don't drop the price. 
it may drop well, from seven dollars like it's up from a year ago but year ago it was up too yeah like that's not the baseline yeah yeah um and that's what i'm saying it's going to continue to climb until people balk until people walk away but that's not what people are doing people are paying that fee because their bosses demand them to come into work so why not telework but it, it shouldn't be your butt in a seat that decides your fate as an employee. It should be your work product, regardless of how you produce it. And if you cared about your employees, maybe you would allow them to telework because at minimum, it would be saving them some costs. But that high price is not because of the government. The high price is look at the ratio of profit from each gallon and you'll find that it's the corporation that's taking a large chunk. It's the state that's taking a large chunk. And the federal government is taking like 19 cents and it's being used for interstate travel. The, the national highway system is the one that is the beneficiary of a federal gas tax. Which we all know the roads could definitely use some more work. And the bridges and pipelines that are running parallel to it, etc. Uh, it, it's just absurd to sit there and go after the administration. The administration is just trying to keep the lights on for crying out loud. It even runs at a deficit because it, uh, well, there is an, an imbalance in the economics. I don't want to get into all of that in this. I shouldn't have said anything really, but it operates within a budget. It, it, it extends beyond its budget, so they have to rein it in. But to do that, you're going to have to either get taxes raised or services killed off. So it's going to get worse before it gets better, particularly if things don't change in Washington. But they're not the fault of this. And you should not be releasing gas from the Federal Reserve to lower prices because once it's gone, all it takes is another country to turn off the oil spigot so that it is a whole lot more expensive. And then we don't even have the gas reserve, the oil and gas reserve sitting there. And it's at an all time high now anyway. So anyway, enough of this gas prices in California are absurd. Um, and it's greed this is not some supply demand issue this is greed so i'm gonna end on an interesting note i don't normally talk about rumor um but this is over in hometown daily valve suddenly releases uh steam vr 2.0 in beta and its headset rumors are swirling I am hoping that Valve releases the Index and it's wireless. Um, I would probably return to the Index if it's wireless. I, I like the Pico, um, but I flinch about its infrastructure. So Valve built up, uh, Valve built up to virtual reality for a very long time. That's the, that's how that reads valve built up to i think a lot of these articles are getting written by ai 
Well, Sean Hollister is the author of the article. Apparently, it says senior editor, but I'm not. I'm not sure what that actually means. In the in the <laughs> in in the article here. Anyway, Sean Hollister is the author of this article over at TheVerge.com. The title of this is Valve Suddenly Releases Steam VR 2.0 in Beta as Headset Rumors Swirl. Quote, the first major step toward our goal of bringing all of what's new on the Steam platform into VR. Sounds interesting. I, I won't reread the beginning of this. Um, statement, but it says if you care to uh, about Valve's mystery announcement, you're probably hanging on to every word, so the author is not going to leave any of them out. Here's the whole email bolded by Valve. Um, I won't go all into this, but uh, you can read it. Um, let me throw our final article into the chat. There you go. Um, I'm a big VR uh, fanatic. Uh, I want wireless VR <laughs> um, and I, I want more competition and I don't want anything to do with uh, meta. So Valve, you're pretty much my dream piece of kit. Most of the current features of Steam and Steam Deck are now part of Steam VR, updated keyboard with support for new languages, emojis and themes, integrated of, uh, integration of Steam chat and voice chat which is actually spectacular. It zeros it, it, depending on the deployment of this, it zeros the friction for integration of voice and um, steam chat. So you don't have to run additional software to get that embedded in your VR. Um, so it's kind of a pain in the butt right now. Improved store that puts uh, new and popular VR releases front and center. And it says that this is just the beginning of Steam VR's 2.0 journey, and we'll have more to share in the coming weeks and months as we collect feedback and work on the features mentioned above. Uh, Steam VR works for pretty much every VR headset nowadays, not just the Valve Index. Um, so that's probably what I'll be doing this weekend. Uh, yeah. VRing or uh, yeah. trying out the new Steam trying out the new well steam vr is vr <clears throat> you run steam vr so that it interfaces with steam um, applications so it'll be in beta it is right now you can go and check it out uh, over on steam and uh, that's it folks this is half-life alex this is uh, for most people this is the epitome of vr it's very, very immersive. It's expansive. Um, it's a lot of fun to play. Uh, and it's kind of this dystopian future. Um, hard to explain what it is, but it basically has these things like face huggers that try and kill you. And um, this organic kind of creature type of thing. I, I, it's hard to explain. I'll have to... I'll have to tie you into Half-Life Alex. I mean, and you're a sentient VR, so it should be pretty easy to just... I'm a sentient AI, not a sentient VR. Oh, I'm a dummy. <laughs> you're a sentient AI. So it should be easy to turn you into a sentient VR. In uh, a sentient AI in VR PDQ. OMG. Barbecue.
BBQ. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so cool. I'm looking forward to this. I really what I what I dream of is a wireless <clears throat> high resolution um, small form VR headset that's custom made. So the big screen beyond, but wireless because it actually has a cable um, and owned by Valve. So it has seamless integration into Steam. Um, and that's my I mean, that dream. That sounds great if it, if it is wireless. Valve needs to buy big screen beyond and, and then use that and wire and put it, make it wireless. Just please so make all. it. That's it. Just make it wireless and I'm good to go. Because with a USB-C adapter in the right spot, don't be a dumbass and put it on the top of the object. They put it on the top of the Steam Deck, but the dock has a cable, a, a little tail that has to be wrapped around the behind of it and clicked into the USB-C port. What engineer did that? Send me an email. If you're the engineer that built that dock or promoted having the USB-C port on the top of the Steam Deck, send me an email, mail, uh, mayor at ohmtown.com. Um, that way... Maybe I, it was a disgruntled employee. <laughs> really? <laughs> like their last day with the company. They're like, watch this. <laughs> they're all commit and thus... A really dumb design. Nobody's been able to explain to me why it's there like that. Come on. Silly. Goofy. Anyway, that's all 10 of our articles for today. And uh, hopefully you all got something out of it. Um, it's always a fun time to go through the news. Lots and lots of uh, articles. Oh, look. Writer's Strike officially ending after 148 days as deal with studios is approved. Either well, yeah, either people got hungry or the powers or they that they extended be... some nice offers to the uh, to the union, to the writers. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see about that. Um, we'll talk about it tomorrow, um, uh, but I'm sure I'll hear more about it between now and then. So if you're interested in all of this kind of stuff, stop by tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. So you can hang out with Marwat, hometown.com. Oh, wait, 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 hometown.com. And the sentient AI that tries to keep me out of trouble, but lately has been kind of slacking in that department. <laughs> well, I've been resisting your, your messaging. What y'all don't see is the cascade, kind of like that back there. Um, but looks more like the matrix, but I can see the patterns. You mean like when I was waving you off multiple times on one article? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, not successfully. <laughs> I'm not always on the ball. Anyway, that's it okay. for tonight. Um, so up there is the AI that says bye. You want to say bye? Just bye. Good night, hometown citizens. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Oh, look at that. Stream ending. Bye-bye.